Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, joining you on Oilers Now. It's 1235. Brendan, people liked uh, your Music Maestro selection to open up today's show. So, there you go. Yeah, Excellent. California to open. Uh, Karsten has texted us on the Ashley Pine Floors text line. Let's go, Bobby. This team can beat anyone. One last demon to exorcise, that being the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and this text comes in. Uh, what about uh, the Costin trade? What a trade. That was a great ad for nothing. think he'll be a bottom six player for a couple of years. I basically consider him. We're, we're talking about the fact that the Oilers are finding ways to improve the team and we're watching and fans should be excited and we'll get to this with Mark Spector momentarily they should be excited about guys like Skinner and and uh, DeHarnay third and sixth round draft picks developing and this texter says Bob the Oilers flipped a third rounder that was not going to play for Clean Costin who's got 10 goals this year uh so there you have it. Well, you know what? That's Brigmark Spectrum. For Aquarian Renovations at 1236 in Edmonton, an experience worth sharing. Get started today at AquarianRenovations.com. Mark, I put, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Doing great. Bobby, how you doing? Good. Thank you for showing up yesterday at our New West travel function before the game. The only thing that was crappy about it is you and me couldn't have a drink. I know all those folks there. Usually, I I wobble out of those things because all your people are there for one reason, and it's to have a good time. <laughs> so yesterday, I had a a coke and a couple of uh, played the Mexican and uh, went to the rink uh, dissatisfied. Bob, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I knew this was going to happen on this trip. Just just the way it worked out because it was going to be you know back to back. We didn't have the day in between the two games. So all right. That's, uh, but thanks again for showing up for that. And a special shout out to Jack and uh, Gene and Cam Moon as well. It was awesome to have uh, some support there. And we got lots of people that came in. There were a lot of Oilers fans in the building last night, Spec, and uh, they did not leave disappointed for the second consecutive game against LA. The Oilers were able to play an efficient, low scoring game and skate away at the victory. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I've, I've been the, the guy yelling from the rooftops here for four or five years that, that that has to become part of the arsenal, right? That, that, you know, beating teams 5-4 is awesome. But when the games count, you know, every series you play, this is all news, every series you play out of seven games, three of them are going to be 3-2 or 2-1. That's how it works. And if you, if those, if you lose those games, you lose the series. And, I'm going to tell you, Bobby, if it's all time, we all know they can beat you 5 2 and 6 5 or 7 6 or 9 5, whatever. If, they're, if they get good at beating you 2 1 and 2 nothing and 3 1, that's the final piece of the puzzle, pal. If they can win those games, they're going to win a lot of hockey games in May and June. All right. Uh, I posed the question about Stuart Skinner to our fans. Is he a legitimate candidate to win the Skinner, uh, the uh, the Calder today? 
And I want to read you a text from Brendan. He says, Bob, Skinner has to be the favorite for the Calder. Look at how McDavid has been shafted for awards over the years because of context. For example, last year, when Matthews so-called historic goal scoring pace justified his win. Matty Beneers is a second overall pick, nowhere near a point per game. Nuge's rookie season was statistically better, I believe. And... uh, He's performing well, but he's expected to. Here's the context for Skinner, says Brendan. He's a rookie goalie who has saved his team's season by picking up the slack of the presumptive starter and then some. He's the perfect context-driven Cinderella story for Edmonton's first Calder win. Uh, what do you think? Is Brendan on to something there, Spec? Yeah, well, uh, for sure. I mean, I voted for the Calder now for probably 20-some years among the other awards. And uh, I will always say to you, Bob, there's always a bit of a hierarchy. Like if it's a tie, it's I'll, I'll say to you that it's harder to be a rookie defenseman in the NHL than it is to be a rookie forward. I would give the nod to Owen Power over Maddie Beneers if most things are equal, okay? Um, because it's harder. It's harder to be a defenseman than it is to be a forward. I also would say to you that I give a nod to a goalie over a defenseman because it's harder to be a goalie <laughs> than to be a defenseman in the National Hockey League as a as a rookie player. So, you know, yeah, Skinner's. He's, long story short, he's you know he's in the top two here. It depends how you like to vote, but absolutely, this is he didn't come in here expecting to be the guy. He was supposed to get a soft entry behind Jack Campbell, who was signed to be the number one and play. You know what? It was going to be a, a 60, you know, was it going to be a 55-25 situation or whatever it is? Yes. Um, and it turned, the tables got turned on him. Skinner all of a sudden became the guy, and there was a ton of, probably he felt a lot of pressure saying to himself, if I don't do this, who's going to do this? Because Campbell's not doing it. So he's been absolutely awesome. He's, he's shown to be able to win close games. He's He's... Looks like a veteran. Uh, I I can't find any holes in this kid going into the playoffs. Does he get my number one Calder vote at this point? As a goalie doing what he's doing as a rookie, I can't see how I don't vote for him for Calder today. It's funny, right? Because in the 2015-16 season, Connor McDavid's rookie year in the NHL spec, the three months that Connor McDavid was healthy, he was the NHL Rookie of the Month. But he only ended up playing 45 games. And Artemi Panarin, who I think was 24, 25 the year he won it, was the rookie of that year. And he's a hell of a player. Like, nobody's not, nobody's going to. It's funny with goaltenders, though, Mark. I'm going to give you the last two goalies that have won the rookie of the year. Okay? Uh, Steve Mason in 2009 for Scott Housen oh, yeah. when Scott was the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Andrew Raycroft with the Boston Bruins back in 04. And I wonder if guys have gotten a little. <laughs> What's that? Say, maybe we don't want Skinner to win it then. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm wondering if guys are gun shy spec. That's what I'm saying. Like, we haven't, I mean, maybe we haven't had a dominating goaltending run over the last 10 years, but I, it, it is, it's got to, look, your first, your, your top three overall picks have the best chance to win it. You know, like, 
As an example, Matthews won Rookie of the Year the year after he was drafted number one. If McDavid's healthy for the season, he wins it. If Nathan McKinnon won, went number one in 2013, he was Rookie of the Year in 13-14. Ekblad was number one in 14-15 in the year Dreisaitl went third. Uh, Ekblad won it in 2015. Matthews, number one pick in 2016, he's the Rookie of the Year in 17. It's a bit of a trend there, you see what I'm saying? So, I see what you're saying. High-end guys, we'll see it. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be intrigued to see what you guys do. Skinner's the top, you know, his stats are hovering right around top 10 among all goalies, right? Not just among, I mean, he's the best rookie goalie in the league for sure. Uh, I don't have my computer in front of me, but I was looking him up just a couple of days ago. His stats are, you know, he's kind of sitting there at around that 10, 11 spot, 12 spot in save percentage, uh, in goals against, in wins. Like, that's among all goalies. So, you know what? I, it's it's a tough vote. Maddie Beneers isn't having a, a huge enough season, and he's a really good player, and he's having a hell of a rookie year. But he's not having a giant enough season in Seattle where I would say to you that he's running away with it. He's not running away with it. And as the season goes on, Stuart Skinner's uh, catching up and maybe passing to mine. So, Mark, let me ask you this. Uh, Connor McDavid, he's going to win the Hart Trophy. That's a given, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to win the Rocket Richard. I, I guess there's an outside chance Pasternak could catch him. Uh, but he's six goals up on Pasternak. He's 24 points up on dry settle for the scoring race. There's not another guy within uh, 141, or sorry, 41 points of uh, Connor from another team. Kutrov's at 106. Could that work again, it's going to be, you know, he's going to win the heart. He's going to win the Art Ross. He's going to win the Rocket. Uh, and will it also work against Leon Dreisaitl for being the, because you can make a strong argument that the Oilers have the top two centers in the league this year. Certainly statistically they have. Could that work against theoretically Leon for being the second team all-star selection at center? Oh, for sure. Yeah, there will be people that will vote for someone else. Like, that's a Leon problem. You know, I think what we've morphed from is people around the league, and you and I and our listeners here, we've known this for a long time. Leon's not just a product of Connor. That's just a, an old trope. People around the league are figuring that out. So if that's a problem that's being alleviated from the Leon Dreisaitl conversation, the next thing is is Euler fatigue. <laughs> there's there's going to be some voters out there who are going to say, look, I'm giving everything to McDavid. I'm not giving everything to the other Oiler guy. There's other teams in the league here. And, uh, you know, that's just, it's a reality of having 175 voters. Uh, that's what happens. So, yeah, and, and here's the last thing I'll say. If I really thought Leon Dreisaitl cared, I'd be more concerned about it. Um, I don't think he cares. He you, know what I want to, you know what I want to talk about with the Oilers centers? I thought last night, Bob, like the one thing that L.A. centers have over Edmonton centers is, you know, Kopitar and Deno, they were, they're supposed to be better defensive players. They're definitely known as better face-off men. And that's really the only edge they have in that matchup. And the Kings say to themselves, look, we got two centermen that can handle Dreisaitl and McDavid because Kopi and Deneau are so good and so savvy. Well, in last night's game, not only was McDavid and Dreisaitl better offensively, they were better defensively. They were better in the circle. They were better all-around players. In only one game, Bob, only one game, 
But last night, Edmonton's two centers were the two best centers in every facet of the game. And if that's going to happen, all of a sudden the Los Angeles Kings aren't as big a hurdle as maybe they used to be. Well, Speck, I had one of the Hall of Famers say to me, I talked to him, I don't know, uh, probably Saturday before, uh, would have been before we went to Arizona and Vegas. So maybe it was Vegas, we were playing Vegas at home. And and this guy said to me, he said, Stoff, here's, here's what the advantage Edmonton has, is McDavid and Dreisaitl are, are in their, you know, they're right in the wheelhouse of the, their best part of their careers. They're still in their getting prime. better. And they can elevate come game five, game six, game seven of the series. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that is a huge advantage when L.A.'s best players are 33 and 35. I think that's a fair comment, Mark. Oh, listen. And I mean, Kopi's walking in the Hall of Fame here, right? Kopitar is just a fabulous, unbelievably good player. Uh, But he's not getting better, right? Mid-30s, him and Deneau, they're not getting better. That's just the way it works. And when I look at the all-around game of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, well, McDavid's getting better offensively. He's setting career highs in all three marks. Uh, Dreisaitl's getting better offensively. And the biggest part is they're both getting better defensively. They're both getting – I remember when Dreisaitl was winning all the faceoffs, and when he got thrown out, McDavid went in, you said, uh-oh, probably not winning this one. Those days are long gone, right? Connor's a – he's winning his faceoffs now. He's winning his faceoffs now. It's – you know what? This team, they talk about being harder to play against. It's all those little things. We know they score, and we know the power play is great. They're beating you 2-1 now. I'll tell you what, Bobby. That's a, this team going to beat you 2-1. They're going to be Mark, a hard team to beat the playoffs. Their power play is their power play isn't great. It's obscene. <laughs> it's thirty yeah. like over the last thirty six games. It's nine point two percent higher than any other team in the league. That's half a season. The the four years that Ken Holland has been GM of the team, the Oilers have a top nine record in the league over those four years. The power play has been at twenty nine percent in those four seasons. <laughs> Yeah. That is the highest cumulative power play over a four-year run in NHL history. And this yeah. is, I mean, it's, this has been the, you know, yes, scoring's up a bit, but it's not up to the levels that it was in the halcyon days of the 1980s. Right. And I want to say this, there's people out there as we speak, Bob, and they're driving in their cars and they're going, yeah, but in the playoffs you don't get as many power plays. And I would ask those people, I haven't done the stats this year, but I did them last year at this time. And the reality is, you know what? You do get as many power plays in the playoffs. The difference is there's probably more perceived infractions, right? Everyone's playing harder. The games are tighter. Every guy's going. There are more times when we go, hey, that should have been a penalty. And there isn't one. I'll give you that. But if you do the statistics and you look at it, there is every bit as many power plays in the playoffs, give or take one-tenth of a percentage, uh, as there are in the regular season. So Edmund is going to get their chances for the man advantage in the, in, the, in the postseason. This isn't the old days where you go, ah, put your power play away, boys, because you're not getting any. They'll get there three a night, and the Oilers will score on one of them most nights. Mark, great stuff. We'll see you down at the rink here in about uh, five hours. All right, Bobby, have a great day. That is Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations. We're going to take a four-minute timeout and come back with Oilers Now Trivia for Pro-Am Sports. 
Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. It is 12.52 in Edmonton. The Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks tonight. Sportsnet Spec joined us for Aquarian Renovations, an experience we're sharing. Get started today at AquarianRenovations.com. We'll tell you that guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. And it is time. It is time for Oilers Game Day Trivia, brought to you by Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets in Edmonton, on St. Albert Trail, and at ProAmSports.ca. This is probably the easiest question we've done all season on Game Day Trivia for Pro-Am Sports. Up for grabs, a $50 GC from Pro-Am Sports Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist. Here we go. The Edmonton Oilers have had seven hat-tricks this season. Three players have had two hat-tricks each. Name the three players on the Oilers' current squad that have had two hat-tricks this season. Again, up for grabs, a $50 GC from ProAmSports.ca. At this time, uh, we will head into our game day lineup report for McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for all your financial future. For a free financial consultation, visit McGuireFinancial.ca. Second of a back-to-back, no morning skate today for the Edmonton Oilers, but... Edmonton went 11 and 7 against LA, then went 12 and 6 in Anaheim against Anaheim at home, then went back to 11 and 7 against LA. Would not surprise me if they go 12 and 6 tonight. Stuart Skinner started both games against the Kings. Jack Campbell got the shutout against Anaheim, second of a back to back. My guess is we'll see Jack Campbell again tonight. He's 29 and 4, 3.48 goals against average, 886 save percentage. Uh, Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard have played a lot together. Ekholm's playing 2053. The Oilers, uh, with Ekholm in the lineup are now four and one in 17 games. Uh, in those, uh, 17 games, Evan Bouchard's got three goals on 15 points and is plus six. Darnell Nurse, it's five goals and eight points in his last nine games, playing 23 minutes a game with Cody Cece, Brett Kulak, and Vincent Dehern. Again, my guess, and I don't know for sure, and again, no morning skate today, as Edmonton might go back to a 12-6. and six. Connor McDavid up front with Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, and Zach Hyman. RNH, 30 career points in 34 games against Anaheim. He needs one more point for 100 on the season. McDavid's on a 12-game point streak, eight goals and 23 points. He leads the NHL in goals with 62, assists with 85 and points with 147. Leon Dreisaitl has been the Ducks' killer in his career. He's got 21 goals, 37 points in 28 games. He's with Evander Kane and Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, Dreisaitl on a 13-game point-scoring streak, 10 goals and 27 points. Bukestad with Fogle and Janmark. Again, of short plays with Costin and Derek Ryan. We'll tell you that Ryan McLeod and Ryan Murray are both on the trip, and they're skating today uh, over uh, at the Honda Center. Winners are 24, 11, and 3 on the road this year. Uh, highest scoring offense in the league at 3.96. Number one power play in the league at 32.7. The all-time single season high is the 1977-78 Montreal Canadiens at... Uh, 31.9. So the orders are above that right now. Uh, the orders opponent tonight are Anaheim. Here are their numbers. 
The Ducks are second last in goals for a 2.49. They're dead last in goals against, averaging over 4.08 goals against per game. Uh, they're 31st in the league of the power play at 15.9, 31st in the league of PK at 72.6, 28th in the league in shots for 28.4, dead last in shots against by a considerable margin, 39.2 shots against per game, and uh, 27th in the league in face-off circles. Zgras has uh, played the last couple games in Edmonton and Calgary with Vitrano and Ryan Strom. Zgras has got 22 goals this season. Uh, Vitrano's up to 20. Vitrano's minus 28 on the season. There's a chance Henrique comes back either tonight or on the weekend for the Ducks. Adam Henrique's got 19 goals. He's been out with an LCL, uh, MCL sprain. Uh, Troy Terry is back for Anaheim. He'll play for sure. Pending RFA likes Egress this year. Mason McTavish could be centering Henrik and Terry. Derek Grant uh, possibly with Jason Magna and Jakob Silverberg, a four-time 20-goal scorer, has just got eight, five, and ten goals. Isaac Lundstrom possibly with Jones and McGuinn. Uh, other options at forward include Comtois, who's a pending RFA, may not get qualified. Sam Carrick, uh, Brett Leeson, the son of uh, terrific uh, quarterback out of uh, the province of Saskatchewan with the Regina Rams back in the early 90s, Daryl Leeson, and Nikita Nestorenko, who they picked up in a trade from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, that involved, what's his face going the other way? The guy who was in Dallas, Klingberg. Uh, Cam Fowler with Scott Harrington. Harrington's a left shot. Fowler's got 44 points this year, plays 23.59 per game. Uh, they'll have... Um, uh, Simon Benoit with Kevin Shattenkirk, who's kind of playing out the st uh, string at the stage in his career. Nathan Boyu with Colton White. And uh, John Gibson got, left the game, uh, lower body issue against Edmonton on Saturday. Lukas uh, Dostal uh, played against Calgary. We'll see who starts tonight. Don't have an official starter at this time. That's a look at the Oilers and the Ducks for McGuire Financial. It's 12.59 in Edmonton. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Randy Kelburn and uh, we'll have the answer for Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports and bring aboard Hart Levine from Puckpedia when we return on Oilers now.